Hello, hockey fans, and welcome in to the most listened to podcast in all of junior hockey. And I think we didn't talk about this before we started the podcast, Dan, but I think this might be an occasion to skip our normal free skate intro with just you and I, because how nice is it to be doing our first new format in-person podcast with a whole bunch of great guys, a whole great coaching staff. But first, before we bring in our guests for this week, I want to bring in a man, a myth, a suit-wearing pseudo-legend. He wears suits with names like Jungle, Peacock, Mystery, that ugly suit that no one likes. But everybody likes him, and everybody likes his suits. It's Dan K. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Lucas, if there's one thing you'll learn about me, okay, I'm humble, okay, and I'm probably the most humble person you've ever met. I mean, if you went to everybody in the world and you were like, let's do a humble contest, I win, okay, 100%, -hmm. hands down. Is that how humility works? Um, I'd say it's close enough. I say I'm extremely famous in extremely small circles, but a team that is going to be extremely famous is sitting down with with us here today. The idea, Lucas, of the Dan K. Bump started about seven years ago. And I started to speak well upon a team in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Flyers organization, and things started to turn around. Things started to go in the right direction, and hashtag Dan K. Bump was born. Well, each year we do our way too early predictions. Last year, I predicted two things in the way too early predictions. I predicted the Charlotte Rush would double dip in the Elite and Premier. I predicted the Jersey Hitmen would win the NCDC Championship. All three of those things came right. Lucas had to dress like a caddy, carry my golf bags around the course, and was the talk of the town. <laughs> yeah. Got the golf round paid for. <laughs> it was pretty incredible. The golf round was paid for, and you were only given 10% of anything that we got. There were any pops that we got in the course. <laughs> 10% of each pop. You did not get the full one. I got to take 90. But, Lucas, I had a way too early prediction this year. And, and I got a chance to talk with RJ, the owner of this Potomac team. And we talked at the at the summer meetings of the USPHL, and I just got that vibe. I just got that feeling. You just saw that things were marching in the right direction. Then they bring in a cheller. You know, add to the list of chellers on here. And this guy might be able to take out another cheller who's been on here, Christoph Oliwell. I'd love to see Grats take on Oli. <laughs> you know, this would be, it'd be a nice little battle right there. But you look at this organization as a whole, and there has been a mountain to climb. And you needed the equipment to climb. And that equipment is there this year. I've picked this team to be my turnaround team of the year. I think this is a playoff team this season. And they only come out into a showcase. And you know what? They put up a touchdown and more in their first game at the premier level. They storm back from down by three late in an elite battle. I'm excited to have the gentlemen on today. Alex, Matt, Josh, RJ. Gentlemen, how are we doing? All in unison. How's it going? Awesome. Fantastic. Things are well. This is going well. <laughs> We're living the dream. I tried to put them on the spot to be in unison, but normally, folks, we start with a free skate. Lucas and I talk. We we jab on. We don't need that today. Gentlemen, I want to start here. RJ, y- you come in here. You start to revamp this Potomac brand, this Potomac organization from the ground up, right? You, you got to dig into the roots. You got to you gotta get this thing growing in the right direction. Day one, <laughs> what's happening? What's going through your head? What's your thought? Where do you have to get to? Well, I think... Day one, unfortunately, happened during last season because, you know, we made our coaching change in the middle of last year and Josh came in, um, you know, and he he had a group of kids that were there already. And um, 
playing the rest of last season with what was kind of already there for him to walk into, he at least had the opportunity to see the league, right? And to know what type of players he was going to have to go out and recruit and know what he was going to have to do to be where we wanted to be as a program, right? Um, and he obviously did a great job. Um, he's, we, I think we have a, a great coaching staff in place now. Uh, you know, we, we set some goals. Our goals were fairly modest to start with. We wanted to just be competitive at both levels. We wanted to make sure that, you know, it's, it's tough to go from where we were to yeah. all the way to a playoff team. And I totally appreciate that pressure, by the way. <laughs> um, but I, I do think that the coaches as a group have, uh, you know, have done a good job. Um, and I think that, you know, we're on our way. It's, it's only a couple of games, one for each, one for each yep. team. But I think that we've at least sent a message that things are changing in Potomac. And now, Josh, we look at you. He talks about, you know, putting pressure on. It, you, you played a role at, at the big club, at the big level, right, where you're on that razor-thin edge to keep yourself in the game each and every day, to be at that level, the amount of work, the amount of effort, the amount of 1,000% it takes to exist in the NHL world the way you did. Can you talk to me? You come in, you take on this role, you get behind the bench. When when the position becomes available, when you have this opportunity, I mean, what goes through your head? What are your first thoughts? And, and, and I mean, what are your goals that you're setting for yourself? I think uh, just from the start to, start to walking in and on everything like that, it was, I was really I'm new, to, new to coaching, new to everything, and appreciated uh, the role that was given to me in and the responsibility that was given to me. And I just took a lot of stuff that uh, I did as a player into the coaching, just working hard, be first at the rink, and learning learning the goods, the ins and outs of it all. It's all new. I'm learning curve every day. is new to me right now. And, again, I, I, I got a good coach staff, good ownership that uh, makes it a lot easier to make decisions that you can run by any, any question marks that you have. In, in my own mind, I can run by uh, three, four other guys that, yeah. that have uh, – the right idea and the right frame of mind uh, that knows knows and been around the league a little more. So the experience that they've had and the ownership that gives you the free reign to make decisions and work a program the way that you have it, it makes all the things a lot easier to adjust. And again, every day is a learning curve on that note. But if you have a good uh, good staff with you, it makes that much easier. And people don't understand. Parents don't understand at home. Players don't always understand what it's like on the other side, right? How many times have we hated a coach throughout our career? How many times have we <laughs> we've just been under our breath, just upset? We this guy doesn't get it. This this gal doesn't get it. Whoever's behind the bench, and then we get there, right? We get there and we go, oh, here's the different story, man. I, I gotta I gotta keep these guys in line. I gotta tell these people where to be. I gotta I'm now in charge of it all, right? And that yeah, these two gentlemen here with you, Matt and Alex, gentlemen, I. We got the cheller. We got the owner, right? I, I want you guys to introduce yourself to the folks at home. What do you guys do here? What's your role with the team? And then we're going to dig into it a little bit. What it's like. We're going to start getting into the dirty of working with Josh. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. So my name is Alex Gross, and I uh, Josh brought me on. RJ brought me on this year. I actually have been coaching for the last four years at an ACHA team, George Mason University. And kind of the spot opened up, and Josh wanted me to come on. So fixed my schedule and decided that I'd be able to make it work help out. Uh, I actually have been associated with the program for 10 years. Um, I think it was 2010. Prince William Ice Center collapsed due to snow and I played for the inaugural Potomac Patriots team out of Haymarket. 
Lumberyard. Yeah, it's a whole different podcast. We can do that. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Yeah, now I'll we get, get, stay get tuned into for that the sequel. We'll get, <laughs> there we go. So yeah, I just was a longtime Patriot and just happy to be here. Happy to be coaching with Josh and Matt and excited to really uh, do do big things this year. And I'm Matt, yourself. Yeah, so uh, the last two seasons I've coached the U16 HP team for Potomac. Mm-hmm. Um, been always working towards getting into the junior realm. Uh, this year, RJ and Josh both gave me the chance to kind of step in and kind of prove what I can do, and it's been awesome working for them. RJ's got to be the greatest boss I've ever had, so it's... Uh, it, not getting a raise. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great spot. Um, we're, we're really turning things around, getting things on the right page, moving in the right direction, and it's I, I couldn't ask to be anywhere better, that's for sure. And you look at this, hockey fans, I mean, it's so hard to, to turn a car while it's driving. Right. It, it, oh, actually, I'm bad at driving because I, that doesn't. I, Lucas lets me drive everywhere too, and I'm always telling him it's so hard to turn the wheel. And he's like, Dan, just hit the hit the brakes." And I'm, it's a mess. Okay, we've gone through a lot of cars on the Dan K show. Don't learn to drive from me. But but I mean, you look at this, RJ. You put together this great team. You put together this great group behind it. I love how even kill you are. I was I literally told Lucas. I said. I was talking to you. You guys are down 3-0. You couldn't tell. I couldn't. I literally looked at the scoreboard. I'm looking at your action. You are even keel. You are calm. You're letting it play out in front of you on the ice. I, I, you're being told that you're a great boss to work for. You know, folks might be looking for a raise. I'll take some money if you got some. But can you talk to me a little bit about just kind of your thought process on, on what makes a successful organization and, and what is going to get this team where you guys are taking it right now? <clears throat> The right people create the right culture. So you have to make sure that these guys are, it's corny as it sounds, these guys are my family, right? So I coached him in juniors. He wasn't as even keeled back then. He wasn't. (laughs) That's it. You grow over time. That's called growth. So, so, but they're all good people. And if you have the right type of people that are leading your program, you'll create the right type of culture. Right. Um, There are others that all play into this as well. It's more than just the four of us here. So I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my business partner, who's extremely supportive. Right. Um, And we have uh, a group in our facility called Top Tier Performance Training. Uh, Jonathan Soucis played at SUNY Geneseo. He does all of our off ice strength training and everything for the juniors and for all of my youth programs. But. It's, it's, a, it's a family atmosphere, our facility, our program. Everything is symbiotic, and that's what's starting to breed success, right? And it's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's going to take time. So you said I was even-keeled watching the elite game. Okay, well, it's one game, right? And uh, there's going to be mistakes, and there's going to be you know, things that we do well, and my confidence in the guys that I have in this room and everyone else that I have in our facility is what creates that even keel. And trust me, I'm not always even keeled. <laughs> but I'm glad you caught me at that moment. That's, I, you know, you um, just get caught at the right time. Right, That's it. right. Um, but, you know, it's, I don't know, it's uh, our program. Our program is not just juniors. So we have juniors, we have youth, we, we have a Lady Patriots program. Um, I mentioned to you up in uh, Boston that we actually, the Salute to Service Award, Jay Greeley uh, received that. He won that award. There's thousands of people around the, the, the country that apply for that or get nominated for it. And uh, he won that award yeah. uh, for all the efforts that he's made with our Lady Patriots program and everything. 
there's a lot of good things happening in our program. It just takes time to get to where we want to be, right? The junior program, while it's the top of the pyramid, it's just one part of the pyramid. Mm-hmm. Um, and these guys affect more than just the junior program. So he's he kind of oversees all the travel stuff. He also runs my UA travel program. So he's on both sides of it, <laughs> right? So he's involved in instructing and everything else. We Everybody does multiple things because all of us, we share the same vision yep. and we, uh, we know where we want to be and we know that it's going to take time to get there. Um, but we're all willing to do whatever we have to do for each other to try to make that happen. Yeah. Right. And you see it and you see it in action. You see it on a game like today. You see it at the elite level, right? Because the crazy thing about today and you guys, as, as you've been behind the bench now and you start to kind of learn this new world, right? Sometimes you see more in the loss side of things than you do in the win, right? Like a 9-1 win, everyone's going to be happy. We're all going to be stoked. You're going to love what's going on with the team. But to watch a team climb back when, when you look at it, I, I'm standing next to a group of people from another team, we won't name names, who go, well, this game's over. Walk right out of the rink next to me when the thing's 3-0. Boys kept coming back. Sitting next to another family, I'm walking around a group. It's now 4-2. This game's over. Let's head to the other rink and see what's going on. Snap back. It's 4-3. It's the idea of that ability to fight, that willingness to continue to go through. And that's a buy-in you get from your players when you're buying in right back. And now let's turn to your playing career, right? You, you have this background in the game. You understand what it means to lead by example, to play this game at the highest level. How do you kind of turn that career of yours and, and use that behind the bench to show the guys, hey, boys, I'm in it? Because you got that Brindamore look. They talked about it in Carolina, right? Brindamore's in such good shape. He works so hard off the ice that the guys feel like they have to. They owe it to him to be there. Talk to me a little bit about that, the work you put in, and how you use that to motivate these boys. I just think uh, the way I was brought up in juniors is you always respect the coach, and if the coach is preaching, he's got to he's got to show up and be that type of person that that pulls those strings. Or if you're saying to a guy, he's got to do so do better, you got to be doing the best yourself. Yeah. And and I think they see that. I think the kids at this level, they need a mentor and uh, and facilities and a team. That they look up to and everybody's preaching and what they're they're doing what they're preaching and yeah. in the sense of if you if you're gonna yell and you're gonna bitch about stuff like this, getting kids to go harder 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 you got to be showing up yourself you got to be the first one at the rink you got to be putting the time in you can't just tell them and expect them to do it if you're not doing it yourself especially today i mean you guys understand as well you guys are there with the younger guys right this new generation so many times we hear you know, complaints about it, right? Oh, they, they, they need to be coddled or, oh, they complain or, oh, they're this. When really it's, you know, they're growing up in a world where there's such an, an access to information. They know everything, right? They know the good stories. They know the bad stories. They can see it on video in a second. We're running our phones every day. So as you guys look at this, I mean, how do you guys kind of find that even ground of showing that you care? while also being able to snap and go, hey, guys, this is unacceptable, right? Where do you draw that line? How do you do that? I think, first of all, you got to respect the players for them to respect you. Yeah. And with you having a good coaching staff and everything like that, I think if you respect the players, they're going to put out all the effort. And if, the minute you disrespect anyone in your organization, then it's completely lost on the program. And that's where... They don't want to hear my voice all the time. They want to hear my assistant coaches' voices. And 
they they respect them just as much as they respect the head coach, and I think that's important. And what they do, they can explain to the to you guys what they do and how they uh, they process everything. But what I see from them and the the experience that these kids are getting from my two assistant coaches here is like they're buddy buddy, they're friends. But when times comes to show up and work at practice. They, they lay the law down and, and the guys respect it, not just hearing from the head coach. I think it's really important to hear it from the assistants as well. And it's got to be tough too. I mean, because this guy, this guy's a menacing figure, right? In terms of when you watch him play the game, he was as well. And, and behind the bench, you got to imagine, right? When you're in this, you're in this position, you know, to be the buddy guy. And it's, and it's tough, right? You want to be the player's coach, but you also got to lay the law down. How do you guys kind of handle this kind of world? So I think the biggest thing that Alex and I do, I don't know if I can really speak for you, but we we try to like feed off of Gratz, right? Like yeah. we see that if he's getting a little heated, then, you know, we'll kind of go like pat the kid on the back and try to like even things out a bit. You know, he, he is an intimidating person. We, we can all, we've all YouTubed him, right? Like we, we know how it works, yeah, right? On. Like, but at the same time, like we understand that there's a line where we kind of have to, to stern up a bit too. Um, yeah. I think both of us do a really good job of, understanding the line and and how to ride it and 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 make things work for us yeah yeah i would say matt's spot on it's the players they were friends with them at times but they look up to us as well matt and i both played in this league years back and they've seen us skate you know they know we can bring it <laughs> yeah you know? exactly. uh, we both probably have better hands than grats mr chopping onions <laughs> left and right but uh <laughs> you better be careful yeah. you're within arms like the three of us we're we've we're best of friends the three of us and the way we work together and the way the players see it and the way just our team operates is it's really something special i think and it's going to be something to look forward to all year yeah i think it's that like that being said, we we've hung out. We we became really good buddies since I got here and came into town, and we built a culture of us being such friends. And RJ takes care of us in the same sense that we're all together. And the players see that we're all laughing, joking around, getting getting together, hanging out, and that that they feed off that as well. You know what I mean? And they see that they're a little they're easy to talk to. I'm easy. We're probably pretty open minded guys. It makes a them coming to the rink makes the players want to come to the rink and know that when it's time to work they'll work but they get to come in and, and put a smile on their face have fun and at the end of the day it's all about fun and, and the enjoyment of junior hockey that's there's nothing more that i could think of that would be worse than coming to the rink miserable and no one likes losing but if if you're winning and the culture's good around the rink then everybody's happy and that's kind of the way we try to make it, like RJ said, that we're, we try to make it a family and, and the atmosphere and, and culture that it's a family. And those guys, those 20, 21 premier guys and 21 elite players, they come in every day to work and we try to make it as comfortable. And it's hard. They're, they're not happy some days, but we, we're building a winning culture. And that's you guys, sometimes you got to pay the price and dig in. But at the end of the day, you come, you leave the ring satisfied. After a hard day's work, then things things are uh, pretty good for these kids. Now, you guys have all sort of talked about, you know, the the guys you have in the room, building up the organization, um, establishing the culture, getting things done like that. When you talk about development and talk about a revamp or rebrand and all those different things, do you have a timeline in your head? 
obviously public timelines are a whole different a whole different animal but is there a timeline in your head when you're thinking about this kind of thing or are you thinking about it more from reacting to what's going on on the ice i think me personally um uh my opinion is that we have my opinion is that we have 42 44 guys sorry 42 43 players plus a uh, our first female and that's our next story that's the next story <laughs> um and our focus is on these guys and female right now uh these players are what we're focused on developing we know you know would we like to win a championship at some point in the near future sure who wouldn't uh, but our every team i think has the goal of bringing players in developing them and advancing them right our league's premier is not the end all be all i mean even in the usphl we have the ncdc we'd like to get some of our guys into the ncdc if we can do it through winning a championship fantastic uh, but we want to create a good product we want to develop our players um, and i think that our for for me at least uh, i don't want to speak for you but for me at least the focus is how do we, we create the the best experience possible mm-hmm. right and what i love is uh, you know, I, I sat with, to watch that elite game, I was sitting with one of our brand new players. Can't pronounce his name. It's got I've way too it. many syllables. Tarsius. Tarsius. It's not even, ah, really, it's it's not even close. Like, it's got like Tarsius six Kogi. syllables. Yes. I don't, it's close. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> so well, we got your broadcast, so if he's in the lineup, I'm done. So I, so I, I uh, you know, I sat with him and I watched basically that whole game. Right. Yeah. And we were just talking, like, you know, how have you liked it down here so far? And just hearing him say all the positive things about everything down here. And for one of the first things that he said was, you know, something along the lines of, like, the atmosphere is just awesome. Yeah. Right? Like, just something, like, that tells me that, okay, so we're doing the right stuff there. You know, let's let's make sure we develop this kid and we get him opportunities. And I think that, so, so for me, as far as goals and everything, I, I think that... We kind of take that a year at a time, um, and I think if we're developing and advancing players, then we're doing our job. Uh, if we throw a banner up, great, but the experience that the guys are getting here, um, how they grow, not just as hockey players, but as human beings while they're you know in our care, um, I think that's really what I want people to, to think about when they think of the Potomac Patriots. Right. The, I think I want them to say it was a fantastic experience. I'm never going to forget it. If I get the opportunity, I'd love to come back and coach for them. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I, I love hearing that probably more than anything. So yeah. I'm not going to complain if a banner gets raised. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, we have a lot of we have a lot of guys that, you know, they go, they play college and now they're starting to come back and want to be involved. And that tells me that we're doing something right. Yeah, so it's perspective at this level, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the idea that like, you coached in the ACHA at George Mason. We're huge ACHA advocates, right? We work yep. with a lot of teams in the ACHA, and you know, it's a lot of times you look at there. There are players who we've run into, or you know, maybe their major just wasn't at the D three school that they'd go to, and and maybe not even get a chance to ever dress in four years. And then you're gonna go, you're gonna you might wash yourself out with a degree you didn't want. Or maybe you don't make it through the four years because you're just burnt out on, on a degree you're not interested in. And, you know, we find 
that in this in this game that it's so important to have perspective and it's hard. It's hard for parents to have perspective. The folks that are listening right now, because there's so much finance in it, right? We're financing this game even when we're getting to the, to the top of the game at the NHL level. To get to that mountain, there's so much sacrifice both yeah. financially as a family, as, as a support system around these players to get to that level. It's great to see perspective, right? It's great to understand that, like, look, championships are championships. We all want to ring. Everybody's in this for a ring. Like, just because I, I, I picked two different teams to win championships, the Rush and the Hitmen, zero rings. I got no rings for anything. And I was very disappointed. But <laughs> perspective for me is, you know what, I'm happy for the guys. And we're excited. And it's like, Lucas, I, I, I just love this. And yeah. I don't want to cut you off in your questioning. But I just, I, I love it. I love groups that understand this game and understand what this level's all about. Yeah, well, I think I think the perspective is is an integral part of it, and you guys have you know, to the coaches three unique perspectives on the game, right? In some instances, how the game has changed, or for you guys who are a little bit more recent, you know, maybe the game hasn't changed so much, but then having to now shift shift perspective sometimes into that that coaching role and that that role of respect. What are you guys looking for? Because it it and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you guys have sort of found your your niche sort of of where you fit in the coaching structure more or less like when you guys are all on the bench there's there's obviously something that's going on there right so where do you what what things are you looking for right what aspects of development are you guys looking for we we talked about you know not necessarily having a, a flat out timeline looking for development what do you guys feel like are your metrics for your portion of building this organization and, and creating uh this powerhouse I think it's uh, a lot of what RJ mentioned, that culture. Well, when I played, we I just remember the one year, probably the closest team I ever played with when RJ was coaching. And that was one of the best memories of my life, going to playoffs. We played against Alex Talk. He scored in double overtime back when it was the Empire League to beat yeah. us. But, man, it was... Still not a fan. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're not fans of him. Anyway, but just we, I just had such a great experience and being able to be involved on the coaching end and to give that opportunity to these kids of something that they're going to remember of the best years of their life forever is just an absolutely great opportunity. So I, I really think the culture is something that's one of the most important things to me. I'll go ahead and build off of that. Um, one of the main reasons I got into coaching was just because I had so many great experiences and like learning curves in life through hockey that I wanted to make sure I gave back to that. Right. I, I give kids the same opportunities and, hopefully even better, right? I want kids to be way better than me at hockey. I want them to go even further. I want them to have even better experiences. So anything I can do to that 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 regard kind of is, is what I'm looking at right now. For me, like, you, I look at it like this. There's only one team that's going to win a championship every year, right? And if you're coming to the rink every day and you're getting better and you're piping lining the kids up to NCDC college and and – building a future for them and having a good time doing it and become one of those teams that are fighting for that final championship. Uh, You're you're doing something right and you're making it a culture, a winning culture, but you're you're putting a mindset and winning attitude and going to work every day type of attitude to these kids at 18 years old. Maybe it's something that sticks with them moving forward until adult, until they get to the real world in, in a sense of, whatever they end up doing, if they go play pro hockey or they go to school and be doctors, whatever it is. But at the age of 18, you get them 
learning responsibilities, showing up on time, coming to work and learning responsibilities at 18, you're doing something right. If, if they're moving on, whatever it is, they move on too. If they get that mindset put into them and we're part of that to get them developing responsibilities every day, then, then we're doing something right. And he taught a lot of guys lessons while you're on the ice. And, you know, you, you learn out here, right? You learn in a game of hockey. There's consequences. It, more than almost any other sport in the world, the, the game of hockey doesn't just police itself. It almost polices the world around it for these young guys, right? When you go out there and you get a cheapie on a guy, it's coming back at you or it's coming back at one of your butts, right? It might be coming back at your top scorer, and now you're sitting here and you've harmed somebody else on your roster because you decided to take something out on someone. And we look at these lessons that we learn in this game, and 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 that's the exciting thing for me. It's these opportunities to to really grow not just as as athletes but as people. And I say people because I'm one of the greatest transitioners in the history of podcasts, Luke, just because we're transitioning topics here. And also the most humble transitioner. Again, one of the most humble of all yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. But you look between the pipes, you look in net. And today is an awesome opportunity to see. This is one of the most one-of-a-kind stories in junior hockey history. And who wants to start this story off about who we have between the pipes? RJ, this is incredible to me. I can't wait to learn more, and the folks at home should certainly be listening. Okay, so um, over the summer, uh, Alex and another one of our uh, former coaches ran like an elite skate at my rink. Um, and you know, the kids are traveling all over the place in the summer and they're doing camps and they're doing, you know, all these different things, trying to figure out where they're going to play. And they're always looking for goalies to come out for the, for the skate. So one of the times, uh, Grace Campbell comes out to the skate. Grace, uh, comes from Shattuck St. Mary's, uh, obviously a very prestigious school. Pretty good at hockey. Uh, and had it had it not been for COVID, uh, how many times we've said it, had it not been for COVID, but had it not been for COVID, uh, she would currently be at BC. Um, but because of COVID, the senior goalie there is back for another season this year, and rather have rather than have her go and just watch for a year, burn up a year of eligibility. Uh, she started looking around for a place to play this season. So at first she was just coming out, doing skates, uh, and then Josh, Alex started bringing this to me, like this is something we need to look at, this is something we need to look at. We had lots of different conversations on it. We had conversations with Grace. Um, there's obviously so many different um, logistical differences in having a female goalie um but when it came down to it sometime in late august when we basically made the decision cooperatively that we need to give her a shot um you know she's on the ice she's done everything to to prove that she should be here she belongs so and also kind of so this is kind of a testament to the, the coaching staff and the culture that they're creating. Um, but we, I went on a Monday morning. I went into the locker room uh, without the coaches. Actually, I think I brought Matt in with me. Uh, we had Grace outside. And it was actually the premier group that was getting ready to get on the ice. Grace skates with both groups a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went in and I said, guys, listen. Um, 
you guys, you don't get to make decisions when it comes to personnel and everything else. But this is a different type of situation, and I welcome your thoughts on this. Um, I'd like to know if there's concerns, you know, on because this is something that none of you have ever had to deal with, that I've never had to deal with. I don't know who's had to deal with this. So I'd like to know your your thoughts on this. And I said, I want to know what your guys' thoughts are about Grace. Captain Trent Hart, like, before I could even finish getting it out, he's like, we're in. Like, And the whole team, goalies included, you know, unanimously was just like, yeah, like, it was like, Everyone said she's she's one of us already. She belongs. This is she's part of this, and you know that's like I said again. That's it's a testament to these guys creating the right culture, right? Because inclusive to no end. There's nothing that you know. Yeah. Once you're here, you're here. Um. So I said, just just uh, you know, I said I was like, okay, listen. If anyone has a concern, they don't want to say it here. I'll be in my office all day. Come talk to me. Not a single person came to talk to me. Right. Everyone's in. Everyone's bought in. And so we, uh, Josh and I had a meeting with Grace and her parents. And we just said, listen, we, this is, I, I, we have protocol in place if she runs into an issue. If she has somebody, whether it's another team or, God forbid, our team, anybody, whether she has an issue on the ice or in a rink or in a locker room, or whatever, we have a protocol for how we deal with it already. Um, uh, her parents and, and Josh and I got on the same page. And, you know, we said, welcome to the Patriots. And so she, you know, she played her first game today. Uh, I thought she did pretty well. I mean, you know, the, it was the first time the elite team has played, right? Mm-hmm. It was her first game. Yeah. So they started off slow, like you said. Um, the goals that she gave up, one was a cross ice, you know, hitting the guy in the back door. She got there, just found a small hole. And the other two, we let the guy walk out all by himself. Um, but she made some good saves. And, um, you know, she, she does belong. She's, yeah. she's a, she's a very athletic, um, she's a, you know, she's very, she's mature, she's calm, she's, uh, she prepares well, uh, and she works hard. She'll, she'll skate as much as you let her skate. Yep. So and we have that, we kind of have that, uh, across the board. I mean, you know, our, our guys, a lot of them are on the ice two a days, so yep. and she would skate as much as we let her. And first of all, this is my favorite thing about being on the road, right, with the team. You guys are also dealing with the whole squad being here at the hotel. We're in we're in a Holiday Inn right now. <laughs> Quick plug for the folks at Holiday Inn. <laughs> and, and, you know, you look at this and, and, you know, there's work to be done. There's there's stuff to be done. And you talk about the care about the players and you talk about Grace. I mean, we get a chance to watch her. And and this is a legitimate net miner. This is a legitimate net miner at any level of the game. And she's this is a BC commit, right? This is a Division One commitment. Yep. Playing in the USPHL Premier in the elite division to have to have this jump right to that Division One level, but it's exciting to look at this and and see this opportunity for you talk about it's inclusivity, but just an opportunity for for this team to come together. What what an opportunity to really to see today on the ice the guys battling back and and them working together. Her her barking out orders to the defenseman in front of the net here today is she's kind of working traffic right with that that old school that old school mentality coach what's it been like getting to coach grace i mean what's it been like watching her development throughout the year and being a part of this story since since she's came she's been as professional as possible uh, you couldn't ask for a better better kid to come in and, and work hard for you yeah. she's at the rink first at the rink every day on the ice anything you ask her she's yes coach yes coach polite and she's she gets along with all the boys in the room like it's uh 
it's to me, it's just no different than having any other goalie. The way she's made it, I know it's in the back of everybody's mind. Oh, it's a girl goalie, but for for us as coaching uh, coaching staff, I don't think that it's made any any difference. Like for us knowing that she's a girl or us treating her any different, she she hasn't asked to be treated any different. She comes in. Bag skates, uh, we have bag skates, she's going and not complaining, she's still yeah. beating half the guys, so she fits in, she should be here, she should be obviously playing D1 right now, but we're fortunate enough to, to get uh, the opportunity to have her part of our team, and she, the way she brings herself to the rink every day, guys are learning from her, just from the places she's been, she's been to the top end prep school, so what she brings to the, to the team is probably more valuable than anything for, for guys just to see the way she acts on, on a daily basis. Yeah, and, and I want to applaud the organization. I want to applaud Grace even more for this. I mean, this accomplishment's incredible. And people don't understand how difficult it is in any male sport, right, when you're playing on the men's side to be a female playing in that. I, I had a sister by the name of Crystal. I've not shared this story yet in the podcast, but she was a softball player. But she played baseball with me all grown up, right, two years older than me. And this girl could hit. And she's 14 years old. She'd been playing travel baseball with us still. Tries out for the freshman baseball team, outplaying most of the guys on the team. Doesn't make the first cut. Why? Literally, you're, you can't play on a team. You're a female. You, there's softball for you. You're not allowed to play here, right? No other explanation. We, we get to a game in travel ball, and she goes to hit, and the other team doesn't want to play. She's our leadoff hitter. This girl's batting 350. They don't want to pitch to her. They didn't want her son, their son to pitch to her. What if we hit her? What if we do this? We're like, don't worry about that. She'll take care of it. She winds up taking a kid yard, which is one of the greatest <laughs> stories of all time. First pitch fastball, she takes this kid. 310 down the left field line goes yard on him. This five foot three inch tall, just monster. She was one muscle. And, you know, you don't understand the difficulties of that, right? You're just, you're trying to play a sport. You're trying to compete like everyone else. And to have a support system around like this, to have people that, that look at this the right way and understand this and put these tools in place for it all to succeed. For the folks like Trent, right? Trent and Hart, El Capitan for this team, right? This is a kid. We've, been a, we've had a chance to cover him past years. Love the way this kid plays the game. He's, we talk about highlighter players, guys that stand out when they jump over the boards. This kid's one of them. And what you guys are doing here, the culture that's being built, uh, Folks at home, the Potomac Patriots, if you are, you're missing out, if you are not learning about this organization right now, what these gentlemen in this room are doing. Lucas, before we get to our, our closing statements, our parting words, and let these gentlemen get back to corralling the, the, the absolute zoo that is always a road trip, right? Do you have anything else for the guys? I, I just think that this is uh, a podcast with, with you all um, as guests that feels like it, it's a long time coming. Um, but I think that's a testament to the work that's already been done. Right. And, and I think, I think that's, that's the big thing here. I mean, obviously, you know, Dan has been talking up the organization, uh, for the last two years and putting, you know, just a little bit of expectation on your shoulders this season on our, on our first video episode <laughs> of the year. Um, but I, I think from, from, I think I'm very happy that we are here at the Southern showcase because we get to watch you guys play. And we get to we get we have a game we have a game broadcast on our on our schedule that we're going to get to call and and this is great exposure and I think this is a good opportunity to put the rest of the USPHL on notice. I mean this is this feels like that moment where 
the rest of the league, we, we talk about on the Dan K show all the time that the old ways are dying out, right? Across the board in a lot of different facets. And the, the new blood, the young blood is moving in and affecting change in the sport of hockey. Hockey is obviously getting smaller. The skilled guys are, are coming into play and, and obviously with Grace on the team as well. And I think that goes to show that there's a lot of teams in the USPHL that have claimed for a long time that they are the kings of X division, Y division. And I think you guys are our prime example number one of why that's that's no longer really acceptable to say at the start of a season anymore. That there are organizations out there that are committed to building short term, mid term, long term, and uh, watch out. Watch out, boys. This is what we're saying. We always end off our show with parting words each and every week. So everyone here will get a chance to close out the show with their last words for the folks at home. First of all, you want to know why to play for the Potomac Patriots? I normally ask that question. I'll answer it for you. Why not? Duh. It's stupid at this point. Come play. You're playing for grats. You know what I mean? You're playing in a great organization. I got to go here. We're going to parting words. Lucas is always very verbose with his, okay? He really gets into it. He digs in deep. He dives in deep. This is an intellectual... This is an intelligence first guy. This guy's heavy on the wording. Lucas, your parting words. <clears throat> He's got it. And honestly, he locked that in. And, and you know, sometimes you, you ask a guy to perform and he just gets it done. Uh, Lucas, great job there on the parting words. He's still not given any. Seven years of doing this, zero parting <laughs> words. But gentlemen, we go. Who wants to start? Who wants to go first on the parting words? Who's gonna who's gonna go first? I'm gonna let you guys decide it. I just, I just want to say thanks for having us on. Thanks for taking the time. We really appreciate it, and we're excited for a fun season. Simple. I, I like got. that. Simplistic. Yeah. That's a hockey answer. Yep. That's like, you know, getting pucks deep, you know, four lines banging, you know, the boys are really buzzing tonight, and we got to win. Perfect. That's how hockey guys answer a question. Go next. Yeah, sure. Um, again, like you said, thanks for having us. Uh, it's been an awesome experience. Uh, we're definitely looking forward to making some waves this year and stirring some stuff up in the South, that's for sure. Playoff tweets. We're a playoff team. That's what I want to hear. If Lucas knows there's one thing I like to hear, it's, it's that I'm right. And I'll never let him live this down. I told him, <laughs> I said this the moment we got in the car out of that, out of that meeting, I said they're a playoff team. I drove back. I started looking up Gratz's, Gratz's career career numbers, the videos are on YouTube watching. I'm like, I got to get this guy against Ole in a ring. We got to have a celebrity boxing match. We got to get going. Ole, I'm telling Ole, let's go. Ole's always doing our video editing for us. I'm like, let's go, boys. Let's get this going. But no, I, I look at what you guys are doing. Absolutely stoked right now. This is a playoff team. Sir, RJ, could you give us your parting words? Good friend of mine, Wes, over the last several years, there's always ups and downs when you're trying to create a program. And he always tells me, I mean, everyone's heard it. Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, and it, it wasn't. And this, this program won't be built in a day. And it, it won't reach, you know, the peak of its ability in, in one season. But it's being built. And we're going to invest everything that we have to to make sure that it is one of those teams that everyone looks like looks at as a powerhouse. It's one of those teams that College Scouts circles on a showcase schedule and says, I got to check this team. I got to see these teams. It's something where players look at our coaching staff and say, I want to be on the ice with that group every day. Yeah. Um, and we will be a destination program in the USPHL. 
and Potomac is an absolutely awesome, awesome rink, awesome setup, awesome program, and just an awesome place to live. You're right in the heart of everything. You can get anywhere in just a couple hours if you want to go on a trip when you get your off time. It's, I absolutely love it. I'm excited. My parting words this week, they always go with our guests. And I think I've used this before a long time ago, but it's, it's a quote from William Jennings Bryan. And it's, destiny is no matter of chance. Destiny is a matter of choice. And the idea right here is the destiny of this organization, right? You can look at it as chance. You could, we, we all look at life too many times and we say, you know, throw it up in the air, toss a coin. How lucky is this guy? How lucky is this team that they're winning games? How lucky is this person who's, who's got their own business, who's, who's making millions? How lucky are these people, right? We look at luck. Luck is, it's fake. It's, it's absolute fake. Fiction. We look at this, the destiny here is choice. And this is a group of folks in this room and throughout this Patriots organization that are making the right choices to take the right steps to make the right things happen. This is a playoff team. This is the team you should be playing for. If you're a young athlete out there looking for your next step in your playing career, you can go to usphl.com to learn more. You can go to potomacpatriots.net to learn more as well. But the Potomac Patriots, Dan K. Bump, hashtag everything we can say. Thank you to our sponsors. As this door opens up, we're going to eat some cornbread on the podcast here today. No, that's the rivals. That's the Richmond Gems. The Gems are trying to come in and blow up the end of the... i got to read my ads real quick. we got to pay the bills, guys. Otherwise, we're not getting any garlic We're not going to get any garlic bread if we don't. Remastered Sleep. That's www.remasteredsleep.com. This this. Does your billet brother just not stop snoring? You want to stop him from snoring? Maybe the husband. Maybe the wife. RemasteredSleep.com. You go to checkout. Dan K. Show 10 at checkout. That's 10% off. It's a water bottle. It's a sip. Lucas does it. I can finally sleep on our road trips. It's incredible. I'm sleeping again, guys. I can wake up and go to the gym in the morning and get rid of all this off-season weight. I can fit my suits again. Remastered Sleep. Elite Junior Profiles. Take your junior profile. Take your take your recruiting profile to the next level for every athlete in the house. EliteJRProfiles.com. USPHL.com to the moon, best league on the planet. Three NHL draft picks directly out of the out of the NCDC. That's more than a direct competitor in the tier two here in America. That's a win right there. That's what we call W's or George's in the business. A George W. You know, Lucas, that's what we call that strategy right there. And finally, the Dan K Show. You can follow along at the underscore Dan K Show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now even TikTok. We got rid of our MySpace and LinkedIn. No more of that. DanKShow.com to learn more. When Dan K is on a mic, it is always hockey night. Thanks for watching the most watched show in junior hockey.